Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Marcus with Sean Hackett. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Sean, do you like pocket knives? Pocket knives? Yeah. Uh, I never own one. When you don't whittle on the front porch or anything like that? Uh, I don't have a front porch. <laughs> 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 I'm a sailor. I was a sailor. I sailed. That's what I did. You can carve. So. You can carve a new mast or something with a pocket knife. <laughs> well, those aluminum masts kind of hard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, on. right on. Well, if you wanted to get a pocket knife, Sean, you could email marketing at axontire.com with all your information, and they'll give you a free Alliance branded. Uh, Alliance Tire branded pocket knife uh, for you to keep forever in your pocket. So just go to marketing at axontire.com and you could have your first your first pocket knife ever. So is it, is it a monthly payment of $4.99 for the, for, my, for the rest of my life? Absolutely free. <laughs> Absolutely free. You don't have to pay anything for it ever in your lifetime. So if you wow. want one of those, go to marketing at axontire.com and you can get yourself a pretty slick little knife there. So check that out. Well, that, everyone said I'm a sharp analyst. Oh. <laughs> Payo. There you go. Right. <laughs> Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransinc.com for all your trucking needs at Valley Transportation. Our goal is to help you reach yours. And finally, no matter how you buy ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Sean is with Hackett Financial out of Boca Raton, Florida, and he's nice enough to come on a couple times a week to talk about what's going on. So, Sean, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Never better. All right, so. on, man. Well, there's no lack of things to talk about. Um, let's start with uh, the Brazilian soybean estimate. Reports come out this morning that... They are uh, they're slashing uh, production estimates because of drought in southern Brazil, and uh, things are looking a little worse than I thought uh, since the last time they checked. So I guess your thoughts on South America right now? We dialed it in already. Brazil weather's done. We can argue what it is, what it's not, but it, the way weather markets work is the market will worry until the, the, the weather reaches the, the worst-case scenario. They know what it is. And 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 it, and that and we move out of that. We've moved out of that. You cannot hurt the soybean crop in southern Brazil any longer. It, it is what it is. Um, they're harvesting the crop. So whatever the numbers are, the market's long since decided what it is. Um, and I don't see that being a market mover anymore. In fact, you know the, the soybean market's down a dollar from where it was last week on um, profit taking and all kinds of geopolitical stuff. But I I don't believe that South America is going to be a driver for soybeans anymore. It'll be a driver for for corn on second crop corn, uh, but that's going to be March April. Uh, 
that was it would be the window we worry about corn. It's going to be Argentina now. Soybeans are going to react to Argentina, and they continue to get enough rain that it's, it's the you know the extreme weather scenario that we were trading in Brazil. We've not been able to fire that back up again in Argentina until we do. Soy markets is going to be struggling here. We think so. Okay, so let's talk about the wheat market a little bit. What's going on with some geopolitical stuff? If you take a look at Russia and Ukraine, so I get mixed messages here. So if you read anything coming out of the U.S. or Europe, I mean, Putin is pretty much you know put on his his dancing shoes and he's ready to go have a party, right? Um, you talk to anybody in Ukraine and they act like it's no big deal. So uh, you talk to, you read things coming out of uh, other parts of the world other than Europe and the U.S., and you don't see th- the panic that, that is being delivered here. So I guess as you take a look at what's going on here, you probably talk to people all over the place that, that have, that, that can relate back to this, this somehow. What are your thoughts there? And obviously, I mean, all of the markets are, are playing, getting some favorable push from this. Well, geopolitical is always tough because there's what's being told. There's what's being untold behind the scenes that are actually going on that we don't know. And, and then there's the actual policy responses that eventually occur, depending on what exactly takes place. My overall view is that, is that you never really want to try and trade geopolitical because it's usually a short-term factor. And then we, at some point, go right back to the fundamental picture again. Um, I've never seen an invasion as highly advertised as this one in my entire life. Yeah, me too. That's exactly Usually, I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole element of invasion, of a war, of escalating conflict, it's, it's a surprise. Right. People didn't see it coming. They weren't prepared for it. That element of surprise gives the aggressor the... The, the you know that gives them the advantage that gives them more cards in their deck to negotiate to have leverage. So everyone says we know they're going in on Wednesday morning at five three thirty three a.m. Well, I just don't believe Putin is seasoned as I think he is, as experienced as I believe he is, as knowledgeable as I know he is about war and escalation. Doesn't mean he won't eventually come in and do it, but I just can't believe he's going to do it when everyone's expecting him to do it. And so, I think what you're going to see, they're going to do some kind of a, I don't know, short-term negotiation, short-term agreement, something that says, you know, we're going to have a, a quiet down period, and they're going to, everyone's going to go off about their, their lives, and 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 when no one is looking, he'll make a move when everyone's not expecting him to do it. I really, really. Don't believe that we're going to see this escalate right now, Casey. I think it's going to happen when we're really not talking about it. And so I think today, if you look at the markets, the dollar getting hit, oil getting hit, wheat getting hit, this is the this is the unwinding of the geopolitical play, the idea that of a de-escalation of maybe this is actually not going to happen right now. That's what today's trade is all about. And I think that's the right trade. I think that's the right trade for now. I don't think this is going to happen right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, let's hope so, because we don't need any more conflict in the world right now. I'm not in favor of conflict and, and, and putting any anyone's uh, lives at arm's way. I just don't feel that's uh, the right thing to be doing uh, at all, especially for something like this. I think this can be worked out amongst uh, amongst the leaders. I think they can work out a, a fair, equitable arrangement to make uh, make this be a, a more peaceful arrangement. I think they can. I think they can do it. 
So. Yep. Right on. All right. Let's talk about crush rates here a little bit. So right now, January is on um, course when that comes out. Uh, report comes out. The uh, expected crush report comes out in, for January. That is, it's looking like it could be a record large um, crush rate, which we've talked about that when it comes to ethanol and, and biodiesel and the the uh, the move towards that. Um, assuming that it comes out as a as a big crush rate like that, what do you I mean? At what point do we start seeing um, soybeans just continue that? I mean, right now it's a very parabolic rise right now, but if you take a – you see, you start seeing crush rate after crush rate after crush rate and the report keeps coming out, record large, record large, record large. At what point uh, do we start seeing um, soybeans really start to cut into what we see happening with, with uh, the planting of corn for the spring? Well, I mean, we're seeing it. Right. I mean, I think, you know, the USDA downgraded the ending stocks in the U.S. The last report, they're going to do it again because the demand's too high and they don't have it. The crush isn't high enough. So the market is already getting the message. We need to get more soybean acres on top of the renewable diesel craze that needs more bean oil. So, um, you know, I think the market, you know, soy market is priced to get a lot of extra acres um, than maybe they were going to get before. Already, I'm hearing, especially in, in the Dakotas, at the, at the price differential, we're now starting to see um, a big, big con- uh, shift in thinking of you know beans over corn, beans over other things. And so I think the bean market's done its job, and now we just have to see exactly what the farmer and what the weather is going to allow them to plant. You know what I'm saying? Yep, no, I hear you. That makes a lot of sense. So when you look at this trucker... Uh strike i guess in canada um and how they've kind of locked down ottawa as far as getting things to move around you're starting to see the cost of of freight from you know one end of the country to the next going obviously going across canada there's a there's a big a big jump there as you start looking at basis prices and those kind of things and and moving grain from one place to the other how how do you think this is going to affect that going into the spring well, anytime you have a lack of movement, anytime you have a lack of free-flowing supply that's needed by the market, they're going to find or need they will need to find replacement supply um, for what they're not receiving right now. I mean, this is a this is kind of like a, a spot price problem. You know, I'm not getting what I needed today. I'm not getting what I needed next week because there's tr- delays in getting it because of this trucker strike. Now, of course, the trucker strike's not gonna last forever. It'll go away and all that product will come. But at some but if you do need the product today, you can't afford to wait for it a month from now. You need to go find replacement for it. So that has the effect of increasing the cash bid in the nearby and for replacement supplies where there's not a problem with free-flowing supply. So this is good news if you're a spot seller of, of you know, grain, of, of those kind of things. You know, you're going to get a higher cash basis. You're going to get a higher bid for your near-term supply than you would otherwise get if the trucker strike was not in place. Just be careful. Once they open, once the trucker strike gets what they want, and and they and and the Canada kind of says, okay, uh, we agree, get rid of the restrictions, and the f- things flow, then you're the base is going to crash. So it's kind of a short term opportunity that if you have something to move, move it while the, while the basis is good. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. Last but not least, let's talk a little bit about what's going on over in the protein markets. Um, cash hogs have just been on a tear here of late. You've talked about that going into 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 March and what that might look like, and and here here we are uh, halfway through February, and we're starting to see that that uptick over the last two or three weeks. You've really seen the price of hogs really take off. So, 
what's your thoughts there, and, and what do you are you, what are you seeing right now? Well, I mean, uh, when we look at the hogs, we look at the lack of supply not only here in the U.S., but there's a lack of supply everywhere. Um, uh, it, it, you know, if, yes, we can turn on the supply spigot, then the world will do that. But as the U.S. has shown, we've had good prices for a while, and we have not grown the herd. We're not, you know, we're just not getting excited about growing the herd because of all this inflation, because of all these issues. You know, everyone's just saying, you know, why do I want to take risk putting money out there? Um, maybe I'll just stay where I'm at. And that that's kept supply a lot stickier this time in the hog market, Casey. And I think that surprised the market when that hogs and pigs report came out and showed, you know, just no herd rebuild at all. I mean, it was a shock and the market's been rallying ever since. Um, you know, the market isn't going to, you know, we're not going to continue to run away the, like this forever, but I think this uptrend has legs to it. We're in a nice uptrending channel and I don't see any real reason why this uptrend won't continue into the spring, Casey, uh, especially as we start moving into, you know, spring and grilling season and all those kind of things that we know uh, our, our uh, uh, cold storage stocks of pork still remain exceedingly low. Um, and China hasn't come back to buy our pork yet. What, what happens when they do? Yeah, it's just, it's a good picture. I, it, I thought, as I mentioned to you before, I thought this bull move would have waited a little longer to develop, but the Lack of supply in the U.S. Uh, kind of triggered the light here sooner, and we're in a bull market. And I don't right now. I'm not seeing any indication yet that this bull run has run its course. Yes, there'll be corrections. Yes, nothing is straight up. But I see this trend continuing into the spring. Right on. All right. Last but not least, just hit up on the uh, the cattle market here a little bit. Uh, cattle futures have have done pretty well. Um, they've had some sketchy markets here and there, but here of late, they've had a pretty good trajectory forward uh looking at the cattle market what do you see there and you see a, con a continued trend into the spring for higher beef prices answer is yes um and the thing with cattle is pretty much a similar story in terms of supply you know we got that biannual report from the usda that showed you know very very low animals uh that are going to be available here um you know in 2022 and um and then of course China is buying a lot of our beef. We that I mean we're not having a, a problem with Chinese demand. Exports are very very strong now. Of course, there are some headwinds, Casey. Right? Uh, the Fed Fed is inter increasing interest rates. We know runaway inflation hurts disposable income of a lot of people's budgets. We know steak and beef is a high cost item. So demand there's going to be some headwinds to demand, but we do not believe that demand destruction issue is meaningful enough to offset the very, very shortage of supply, not only here, but just about everywhere else in the world. And unlike pork or unlike hogs, which can in fact grow fairly quickly if they want to, even if the cattle ranchers wanted to start growing supply, there's no way they could turn that spigot on for, you know, 12 to 18 months at least. So, so this is a supply problem. As long as demand doesn't completely, you know, crash and crater into a severe recessionary kind of situation we think we can trend higher and considerably higher into the spring just like hogs we think it's a it's a meat you know bull move here on both markets at this point right on and last one here i uh <clears throat> read an article this morning getting ready for this podcast here and it says tyson owns a kentucky chicken farm that's infected with bird flu as you look at that 
is that, I mean, I know they had the bird flu out in North or South Carolina three or four months ago, and now it's in Kentucky. So I guess as you look at that, what I guess what are your thoughts there, and is that something to be heavily concerned about? I don't really believe so. We, we, bird flu happens every single year. We get bird flu somewhere. It's just, it's something we know of. It's not unusual. It, it's um, it's a, it's a part of the life of the business. Um, you know, in the U.S. at least, I know. You know, we have controls. We have, you know, this is not our first rodeo with this, and we know how to isolate and you know do the things you need to do to keep it together. Now, now we have had problems with it when it's happened in Asia. Because you know it's more of the wild, wild west in, in places in Asia where they don't have the same kind of controls, and it can at times get carried away. But unless we were to see this occur in China, for example, or, or out in Asia, where you know you could see a, you know a real meaningful impact, I don't believe this is something that's going to drive the market in any meaningful way at this point. I think it's just uh, just part of the business. So, right on. Well, Sean, good stuff as usual. Folks, want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is you're doing at Hackett Financial. What's the best way to do that? Our website is Hackett, H A C K E T T, advisors.com. Lots of information on there to let your listeners know what we do and how we do it to see if we can be of value. Well, good deal, Sean. Appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks, Casey. Always love it. Look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Right on, man. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also go to movingironllc.com for all the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. I spent the entire weekend updating all the blog posts, so all of my blogs are up there now. So check that out. The latest one I I just wrote is called uh, Don't Try to Catch a Falling Knife um, because it'll cut you. Right, Sean? Uh, very, very. I, I, yeah. As you know, I'm, I'm experienced with pocket knives. You so. should. That's what I'm saying. If you get the pocket knife now, you understand what I'm talking about. So then you can do that. So just go to Axon Marketing at AxonTire.com, and you can get one there. But check out my blog posts out there. Everything's up there that I've ever written. So check that out. Um, going to start writing a few posts out there kind of when I, I start taking a look at what's going on and uh, – with the market and when do I see some some corrections happening. So make sure you uh, pay attention to what's going on in the blog posts out there. Also, all the information for the Moving Iron Summit is coming up in Nashville, Tennessee, September 6th, 7th, and 8th. If you want some more information about that, you can send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com or you can go right to the website there and fill out the information and uh, get yourself signed up for that. You can also give me a call at 308-765-0495, and uh, that'll be a good way to get a hold of me as well. So with that, I am Casey Seymour, Sean Hackett. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Axon Tire is going to have more tips, tricks, and client advice throughout the year and in September at the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville. If you're looking to sign up for the event, please head over to movingironllc.com. We hope to see you there. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransitinc.com for all of your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Yeah.